Circa Resort and Casino present Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or at bellford.com. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G Done Right by Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tonight at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Circa Resort and Casino, a sports book so big, they built a casino around it. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona owned. Behind the mask, whether on the ice or in line, the Valley headquarters to provide all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of what drives you. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Circa Resort and Casino is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Zach Bondaran. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app, this is Monday night, so that means it is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada, our proud sponsors. Also, just down the uh, Fremont Street from the new Circa Resort, which is uh, fantastic as well, and our thanks to Derek Stevens for jumping on board and helping us out with the uh, Partnership, the presenting partner of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, where we talk professional hockey every Monday night. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Zach Mondorak, joining me from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, Zach, how are you this evening? We've got hockey, so I'm great. I figured I figured you would be. We've got so much hockey, Zach, that I was looking at a just a – quick template of a schedule and and i don't think either one of us are going to have a day off until like i don't know july sometime maybe fourth of july it's fine with me i mean i'm <laughs> i'm good with that to be fully honest with you especially like seeing the lineups for the re- restructured divisions and then looking at the dates that they've got situated for um the nhl and then coming up for college i'm i'm pumped for it i'm so stoked Okay, so let me ask you this right off the get-go. I don't know if you know the answer to this one or not, but we know the Sharks are going to be here in uh, Scottsdale and playing the games at uh, Gila River Arena at least for a while. Uh, do you know what's going on with the Kings and the Ducks? Um, I don't know. I don't know that anybody does, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, that's what I was curious. I don't know where yeah. they're going to go. I mean, in all honesty, I think Southern California is a little bit is a little bit better Um, because, I mean, if you look at the Rams, uh, I think the L.A. Rams are playing their home games in their home stadium. So I I don't see why the Kings and Ducks couldn't do the same. Um, But I know that that Northern California areas, that one's kind of locked down pretty hard. Um, I think that could be more political because the the state is – quote unquote divided a little uh right. northern california is definitely more of of the tech company the tech cultures southern california is a little bit desert 
uh, I came from South Southern California, so I can say this: we're a little bit more desert rats. Um, <laughs> so, not calling names. You heard it. I'm from you heard there. it, folks. Yeah. Right here, right here, folks. You heard <laughs> it. Right. <here. laughs> I came. I came from there, so I'm, it's okay. I'm calling myself a desert rat, but um, I mean, yeah, I think it's more political at this point. So, uh, I feel like the Ducks and Kings are probably gonna be able to play in staples center and then the honda center for their respective clubs they won't have fans they won't have any fans for a little bit i'm assuming but um that's an assumption well one thing we found out today is the arizona coyotes are going to have some fans uh at least limited numbers so uh that should be interesting we also know that the uh the uh, sharks and the coyotes are going to open their seasons against each other on the 14th of january so that's exciting uh, all kinds of stuff happening uh, right in the middle of uh, the pandemic, and people are trying to figure it out. The NCHC just wrapped up today in college hockey without any cases in their bubble or their pod, as they called it, which is phenomenal, and congratulations to them for doing that. Speaking of that, and I just led into this because our guest tonight, uh, Jeff Almer, is uh, wow, he, he's a hockey mind like you have no idea, Zach, and and you'll find out very quickly. He's very soft-spoken, but when he's on uh, talking hockey, there are few that know more than he does. Uh, spent a couple of years as a Coyotes uh, development coach, a skills coach, if you will, and uh, spent 20 years, 19 years playing in different uh, parts of the country, the world, actually. He spent a lot of time in Europe and um, got got his, uh, his uh, start uh, in Regina, Saskatchewan, and then p- played uh, at the University of North Dakota. So um, lots of things to talk about. I wanted him on uh, for, for that reason, but I also wanted him on because, uh, as I told you, he he broke down some plays, uh, mostly North Dakota because that's who he follows the closest, but uh, in the bubble. And uh, I thought it was really cool, and I thought, you know what, when we get, uh, get a chance to get Jeff on and we got him coming on tonight, that we will um, – We'll have him break down a couple of plays because he did a fantastic job in, what is it, 270 characters now you can use on Twitter? <laughs> I don't know. I stick to Instagram. I'm more visual. I let you be the Twitter guru of this uh, of this outfit. <laughs> but but he definitely broke it down uh, and, and gave us some, some really good uh, information. And I'm going to have him talk us through it uh, when we get him on tonight because – he is uh, he's one of the very best, and it's it's amazing, um, you know that we uh, that we don't still have him with the Coyotes. I don't know what the Coyotes were thinking, but uh, he is a class act from the start. So um, it, I just want to pick his brain. I just I mean I could talk hockey with him all day long. So we'll look forward to having Jeff on here in just a few minutes. Uh, of course, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche are getting ready to start their uh, seasons as well. Uh, it's going to be fun in the West this year, Zach, because it's it, as my co-host on Tuesday nights and Sunday nights, Paul Hornstein said, it's going to be like old time hockey because everybody's going to be playing each other in their own division eight times. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the, if you look, so it's broken down West, East, Central and North. Uh, I have, I guess a few nitpick things you could say, but I don't. I don't understand why Dallas is is in the West, or why Dallas isn't in the West and Minnesota is. But that's neither here nor there. That's also just a Colorado Minnesota thing that's going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, if you look at it, the West they literally put the best teams 
in the Western Conference in the Western Division. So the Avalanche came from the toughest toughest division, in my opinion, because you had the Blackhawks, you had the Stars, the Blues, uh, the Wild, you had the um, the Jets. Might be missing. Yeah, you're right. But but I mean, even then, you've got top, you've got four teams that could easily win a Stanley Cup there or have a Stanley Cup contending team. Well, now you put them in with the Golden Knights and the Blues. Blues are won a Stanley Cup two years ago, and then the Knights. It's virtually between the Knights and Avalanche on paper to come out of the of the Western. I don't know how they're doing that. Is it still the conference or what? It's four teams from each division, but either way, we'll call it the quote-unquote the traditional Western division. The Avs and Vegas and the Knights would come out from that West, and then um, Canada, I think, got a little lucky. I think being that they only have seven teams, uh, they're going to get four of the seven in there. So um, we'll see. That'll be an interesting schedule, especially since you won't be able to play you you'll have somebody taking a night off so right yeah and, and when you look at the schedule just from what i've seen from a distance is uh, i think 56 games and 112 nights so i mean you want to talk about jam packed hockey action uh, you are going to get it and for us we also have the NCAA coverage so when you overlay that with the AHL and the NHL, that means there's hockey all the time, which I think we're all looking forward to. Let's just keep our fingers crossed that COVID allows us to continue to do what we want to do, and uh, we'll keep bringing you the best of uh, the best of the best, if you will. Uh, actually, we are the quad pod of hockey, right? We've got prime time locked up, seven thirty uh, Sunday through Wednesday, so this is the place to be to get all your information and. Of course, you're doing a great job with the website, so get there at icetimehockeysw.com and check out the great photos and things we're going to have coming your way. Um, you know, I don't want to wait any longer. I know we got Jeff close, so let's, uh, let's take a quick break and let's come back with Jeff Almer in two minutes. We've all been there. We know what kind of gift to get someone. But sometimes it can be too hard to make sure that the gift is the right size or style. So we shrug our shoulders and try to think of something else. Well, if that person is the hockey player in your life, the answer is easy. A gift certificate or a gift card to Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Whether you go to any of our Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com, our gift cards are the perfect solution. Sports equipment, especially hockey equipment, has to feel right to the user. And the Behind the Mask gift card allows you to show the player how much you care and lets them pick out what's right for them, whether we're talking about sticks, gloves, skates, or more. Pick one up today at any of our Behind the Mask locations in Gilbert, Peoria, or Scottsdale, or at BehindTheMask.com. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sports books at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. 
I have a car whose lease is up soon, and I'll be looking around for the best deal that I can get. I have certain parameters that I'm looking for in the next vehicle. For example, I want a car that qualifies for New York State HOV sticker. But being on Long Island won't stop me from taking advice from hockey great Shane Doan, and I'll be checking out Bell Ford and BellFord.com. Bell Ford, the presenting partner of our new season of the Sunday special at IcetimeHockeySW.com, was voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona. So go, shop where Shane Doan shops. Talk to Kevin Wood. Let him know that IcetimeHockeySW.com sent you, and let him give you the all-star treatment online or at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Zach Bondurant on a beautiful Chandler, Arizona. And right now, it's our pleasure, uh, Zach, to introduce our special guest tonight, Jeff Almer. I believe Jeff is up in Scottsdale with me, but uh, we'll, we'll ask him when he comes on. So, uh, Jeff, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you. you got Scott and Zach with you. I just need you to hit a call-in button, and we'll connect you. As we uh, we wait to get connected with Jeff, we'll um, we'll uh, continue to talk a little bit about hockey because this is uh, like I said, Zach. Uh, when I watched uh, the stuff that he was putting out on Twitter this weekend, I was uh, I was like, hey, we got to have him on because this is too much to uh, to talk about. But I think we have him now, Jeff. How are you? Hey guys, I'm good. Thanks. How you doing? Uh, we're doing well. Good to hear your voice again. I haven't seen you in a while, but um, you're still up in Scottsdale, right? Yeah, we're up in we're up in North Scottsdale here, so uh, kind of close to the ice den. So we're um, yeah, we're trying to uh, stay safe and stay busy. And uh, I'm uh, busy being a dad here at home to two little girls, so that uh, that definitely keeps me busy, and and uh, as well as the hockey, like you mentioned before. So it's uh, it's been fun. And I think you just had to uh, do a little birthday celebration the other day too, right? Yesterday? Today, actually, yeah. <laughs> oh, today? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, my wife's birthday. But uh, as you can't really go anywhere, we kind of seemed a lot like every other day. So, but uh, she had <laughs> I hear you. Well, I, I was telling Zach, I said, uh, I'm going to see if I can get Jeff to come on because you are so knowledgeable and uh, I have so much respect for what you do and the amount of time that you played. And, and I, uh, I saw you play first back at North Dakota and um, was so impressed with not only your knowledge of the game, but the way you played the game. And to endure, what, 20 years of, of NHL and AHL and European hockey, I mean, that alone, Jeff, says says something about your character. But um, tell us a little bit about that first. Uh, I, I know our listeners want to hear exactly what you did uh, all those years, but tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, I come from uh, Wilcox, Saskatchewan, which is a very small town in, in southern Saskatchewan, um, 200 people, but it, it uh, houses one of the most famous uh, uh, hockey schools or hockey academies, you could say, in Canada. So I had the privilege or the, I was very fortunate to watch a lot of good players come through that, that program, like um, Rod Brindamore and Curtis Joseph and Wendell Clark and even some of the top coaches now. Uh, Barry Trotz and John Cooper and, and and those guys. So, and then I myself, I got to play with uh, and go to school with uh, Vinny Lecavalle and Brad Richards and guys like that. So, I, I was uh, fortunate to grow up there and tag along with my dad. Um, my dad Dennis coached um, in that uh, that high school, and he would take his team down to North Dakota 
which was about a seven hour um, ride on the bus. And so when I was stick boy or water boy growing up for him, I got to watch a lot of North Dakota games and um, ended up always wanting to go there. Um, and, and I actually did, I got offered a scholarship when I was uh, in 12th grade, went to, went to school there, graduated from there and had a good, uh, good time there winning an NCAA title my sophomore year. Um, and then after those four years and, and getting my degree, I, I uh, played 19 seasons across uh, 13 different countries in 11 different leagues, uh, like you mentioned, including the NHL, um, the AHL, the KHL in Russia, and like I mentioned, 13 different leagues. And um, very fortunate to, to see all these different parts of the world and different countries. And um, yeah, I was lucky to stay healthy and played the last uh, 850 or so in a row without missing any uh, for injuries out of the 1,000, 1,100 or whatever I, I was fortunate enough to play. So a long time of, uh, of, of hockey and being around the game. So I got to see a lot of uh, different angles, different positions, and then kind of learn that way myself. And now I get to kind of um, relay that on to some of the players. So I just finished my second season, as you mentioned, with the Coyotes. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll be going to a different organization next year. I'm just not sure uh, which one that is, but uh, very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to let uh, Zach jump in with some questions here in a minute. But um, I, I think I knew uh, from the time I saw you play in North Dakota, like I said, that, that you had an eye for, for the, the little things. And what I saw in your, in your tweets, and I watched the game too, especially I'm going to relate it real quickly to the uh, – eight-second goal by uh, Jordan Kawaguchi the other night. Um, and, and I immediately looked at your Twitter feed, and I saw what you were breaking down, and I'm going like, uh, not surprised. So before before Zach jumps in with some questions, tell us about that play, and specifically, um, that, that I guess what I'm asking is, NCAA players that are at the top caliber, like are at North Dakota and other places uh, around the country, uh, you can see some NHL talent. Uh, right on the ice, can't you? Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, and having been there and, and played it, first of all, in, in college hockey, but then also in pro, you, you kind of gain a, a respect for little things around the game and little plays that, that might not, uh, e- even if they're not on the score sheet, you kind of can see a, a play developing and, and you see what how many small little plays it might take to make a really nice uh, really nice goal like that Kawaguchi one that you mentioned. So, yeah, I can... Um, I, I can remember just seeing Pinto. He's a he's a he's a centerman for North Dakota, and I, I just really liked uh, the whole play. It was only an eight second clip because they scored in overtime in eight seconds. But I, I just noticed that he did three or four things that are that are pro caliber. Uh, it was a neutral zone faceoff that he won the draw, um, jumped on the offensive side of his uh, his check as soon as that puck came back to his own defenseman. So now he's now it. it it looked like a two-on-one, but he had to he had to do a good job to stay on side, and then and then drove the crease and drove the net and brought two defenders to him to, to create some space for Kawaguchi. And I I mean everybody looks at Kawaguchi and he's a great player. He might win the Hobie or had had a really good chance to win the Hobie last year, and, and it was an unbelievable goal. Um, but I, the thing that just stuck out to me was was what led up to that goal and. And Pinto uh, is a guy that I could see playing for the Ottawa Senators really soon, as he's a draft pick by them. So that was a that was a nice uh, nice play and three or four um, pro qualities in that one clip. Okay, Zach, I'm I'm going to give you one more pop, Zach. I, I got to follow that up real quickly. You're good. Uh, okay, so so Jeff, is that something that is taught, or is that 
uh, I'm sure it's taught somewhat, but is that instinct in, in Pinto's um, repertoire where he knew exactly what he wanted to do and he went to the net so hard that I think the two defensemen had to go towards him, didn't they? Yeah, it's it's a thing, and, and I I know this for my for myself because I've said this before. When I played in Europe, I spent a few years on the wrong side of the puck, meaning kind of looking to be on offense and not not really cheating, but but kind of to try to be on the offensive side to get some points and score some goals. So, and then my last you know three four years, you learn you learn kind of what it takes to to be responsible in your own end. So, and then having played center my last few years, you kind of see see what you mean when you say being on the right on the right side of the puck and not on the wrong side of the puck so it, it's it is rare for a young player to be so responsible and, and think these things um at that age so uh, it, it's a good quality and it's something that scouts look at and, and now that i've done a little bit of scouting and and uh get the benefit of, of seeing these plays um especially on the computer and you can rewind and look at them again and again so these are it's, it's just a really good quality especially for a young player so, and that kind of brings me into my my questions is obviously now we have a lot of uh, pro scouts who are seeing these players most likely through uh, the way we're consuming the games is, is online. And I was wondering how, how does that help? You know, is that, is that a deficiency to them seeing it through the computer? But then I saw this tweet that we're talking about and I was like, well, that throws my whole question theory out the window because clearly you can see everything just as well from the computer side of it. Um, is that true? It, it doesn't really matter whether you're in person or look or watching it on TV. You can still see these types of qualities like you're talking about in Pinto. Somewhat, I think. I think both help. I think it's nice to have the computer where you can rewind and watch it again, and, and especially all the different camera angles. Now you can, you can really see it from every side. And, you know, whether it was offside or whether this guy, you know, what he did to create that scoring chance. But also there are some things that in person you can really take away. One thing that I, that I like to watch too is his body language. And sometimes a player might not be in the screen. He may have, might have gone to the bench and, you know, maybe his teammate made a great play and he can, he can uh, shout down to the bench or, or does he sit by himself, you know, in the corner of the bench and not talk to anybody or is he social or what's he doing? Is he engaged with the teammates and with the coach? So you can't really see a lot of those things uh, when you're watching on this on the computer uh, or, uh, or video I should say but um, but you know having that luxury that you can just log on to the computer on instead or one of those uh, different websites that you might or the NCHC who had the uh, the streaming and, and just tap into that and be able to watch it at home on your couch is also pretty valuable but uh, I think if you talk to some old school scouts they miss the miss being able to you know grab a clipboard and, and go sit in the stands and, and watch a game and see all those different parts of the game. So there's there's benefits of both, both and we have the luxury now in, in 2020, I guess almost 2021, um, to be able to do that. And hopefully they get uh, they get some uh, scouts in the stands again soon for these NHL games. Yeah, and so so the talent is, is can be seen on the computer, but the thing that's the most important is the character that, that you guys need to see in person. Um, through player development that you've had experience with, is that something that you learn and through scouting? Is that something that you learn through interviews, through through talking to coaches? Because um, I'm clearly we can see the talent that these kids have on the ice, but that character, where do you go to find out what this person is going to be like in your locker room? 
I think there's that's part of the combine, part of the um, coaches or actually scouts speak with the with the coaching staffs of each team and say, you know, what's this kid like, or how is he in the dressing room, how is he with teammates, and there's a whole checklist of items that that they'll uh, do background checks on for for each player. But um, for for myself, you know, when you get on the ice with these guys and you get to see kind of day in and day out what they're like and are they engaged all the time, are they working hard? You know, some guys might be different than others. So that was a that was a big thing for me. And, and I was I was fortunate uh, during my time with the Coyotes that that we had a lot of. Uh, just really good teammates, really good uh, guys that worked hard, and especially the veteran leadership like uh, Richardson and, and Grabner and, and Demers and these guys that uh, that I had the, the, the pleasure of working with and being able to skate. I skated the rehab players um, when they were rehabbing and before they would come back from injury. So um, the, the players that were injured uh, the last few years um, were guys that I, that I worked with uh, um, the most and so guys like Grabner and, and Richie with some of those uh, some of the injuries that he went through so um, you, you just learn kind of and have an appreciation for what it takes to be an NHL player and you really see how hard uh, especially the older players work to kind of stay at that level um, and be, a, be an NHL player and contribute like especially like those two uh, had done so that Scott I've got one more than he said sure, go ahead. Grabner what was what's it like seeing Grabner come back um and and have I believe he scored a overtime goal. I'm reaching back into my memory here, but in the playoffs or the playing round, what's it like seeing his rehab and then being able to play and and get that goal this last playoffs? Yeah. I mean, it, it's great if you if if you've talked to anybody that knows him, he's just a, a wonderful person, a great guy, and and a real uh, he, he works uh, as hard as anybody. So there, there was days where we'd be, uh, you know, not even at the Gila, it'd be at, uh, it'd be at the ice stand on the back rink and the apex and it's cold and, you know, he had the eye injury. So he's kind of, there's sun shining in the one window and, and it's just him and I on the ice. And so he, he had gone through some times there, uh, made the teams on the road and he's kind of, he's there with me and we're, we're getting through the practice and getting the work in, but he never takes a drill off and he, he always uh, looks for more and, um, for him to have the success he did in the playoffs was was great. And you, you cheer for guys like that, and especially with an eye injury where it, it's nothing physical that's just going to heal with, with a certain time. We didn't, we didn't really know um, when he was going to be back to normal or, or if he still is back to normal. But for him to have the success that he had in the playoffs, and, and I hope he uh, – obviously he's not with the Coyotes for next season, but I hope he hooks on somewhere and um, – continues his career because he's a he's a fantastic uh, human being okay jeff for those that don't know your brother jason is a uh, he's a volunteer assistant at north dakota right now i think right yeah he works uh he's been there for a few years so he stayed in uh, north dakota we actually went to school together he's a year younger than i am and and so when i was a sophomore he came in as a freshman so we uh we won um a championship together uh, that year, when I was a sophomore, he was a freshman, and then he actually scored the winning goal his senior year with a couple minutes left <laughs> against uh, BC to get his second. So, so uh, that's always a bragging point for him. But yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he played. Uh, I think he played 15 or 16 years pro, also, um, and it, it was great. We played against each other in the American League. We played against each other in uh, in the DEL, and we both played for the same team in uh, in Finland. And it was kind of interesting. He led the league. Uh, 
in scoring in the DEL in Germany. And then I did that the next season. So that was kind of a neat fact that, that both of us did that kind of back to back. So um, we never did get to play each other, with each other in pro. It would have been, would have been great because he was kind of a, a, a centerman, like a slick centerman, and I was uh, more of a shooter. So it would have, been, would have been a pretty good duo. But yeah, he works there. Um, he's their volunteer assistant, travels with them, and he helps out the centermen um, and, and just kind of wherever they need. So he, he enjoys that, and he has uh, three kids there in, in Grand Forks. So um, yeah, I miss seeing them quite a bit, but he's, uh, he's definitely busy with the, with the UND hockey. Okay, so I got another UND one, and then I'll let Zach jump back in again. But um, uh, about two hours before the show tonight, uh, the Coyotes announced that they signed Drake Kajula. And I'm sure you know a little bit about Drake and, and his yeah. uh, skill level. Um, how, how is he going to fit with the Coyotes, in your words? You know what? Uh, I mean, I, I did a little bit of scouting. I wasn't officially a scout, but I'd like to help out and uh, helped out their, their former uh, director of scouting. And he was a guy that I really liked. I, I like his compete level. Uh, I think there's there's a lot more skill there than, than people, uh, people see. Um, I, I've watched him quite a bit with Chicago and, and with Edmonton, and I think uh, him and Schmaltz played together at North Dakota, so that may be a... Maybe something that they rekindle because I know Schmaltz is one of the one of the uh, more skilled guys uh, in the league, and it always helps to have a guy with some uh, some great playing with those guys. And, and the righty lefty thing might be uh, something that they look at. But uh, I can't say uh, that. Obviously, I wasn't involved in any, any of that. But um, but I think it's going to be a good fit. I think that's that's kind of what the Coyotes uh, uh, are after in that signing, and I think he's uh, he's going to help their uh, their compete level. So sticking with that North Dakota theme that we've got going, um, you said that you've always wanted to play at North Dakota when you were growing up and watching them. Um, what's that like getting that offer from that, that dream school? And did you have other offers? And were they really truly considered, especially since you knew that North Dakota was interested? Yeah, I... Um... Just because North Dakota was so close for me, uh, and I'd go down and see the atmosphere in the in the old Ralph Engelstad Arena, um, always in the back of my mind, I kind of figured that you know it, it's going to be tough to say no. Um, but I, I went in as a I, I got the offer when I was seventeen, and I went in there I think when I had just turned eighteen, so I was young, and I had a lot of different schools come come visit me at my house and and chat with me and um, some offered fly downs, uh, others I, I couldn't get into Harvard. Was the, I had like a, just under the GPA or whatever it is to get SAT score to get in there. Um, but I had other options and other fly downs that I was going to go on to visit. But um, that was a funny story. I got, uh, I, I remember it like, uh, like yesterday. I, I packed the wrong skates in my bag. I packed my brother's skates. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> He has smaller feet, probably two sizes smaller than I did, so I, I could barely get my skates uh, my skates on, my feet into my skates. And I played an exhibition game um, when I was with the Junior A, um, Junior A Notre Dame Hounds, and I don't know, I, I couldn't really feel my feet very well, but I had a good game. I had like four assists, and I'm not really, uh, I was more of a goal scorer than a, than a passer, but I got the offer uh, for the fly down uh, and, the, and the scholarship in the preseason. and. It was funny. I, I said, yeah, of course. And I went down and then I accepted it right while I was there. So um, it was kind of a foregone conclusion that I, that I, that I did want to go there, but yeah, there was other op options, but most of them, 
uh, as I went so young, most of them wanted me to play another year junior, and I just kind of wanted to get on with it. So looking back, it was probably a good decision, but uh, I think I would have had more of an impact uh, as a freshman if I would have if I would have waited back a year and played another year junior. So now here's the question, because hockey players are superstitious. I don't know if you are, but did you wear those skates that were two sizes too small since you had such a great game after that? Never, no. <laughs> I was a guy, I wasn't superstitious, and I tried to be anti. Like, if I had a really good game, I'd try to just correct it and do something different the next game. And um, But uh, I, I've never really been that superstitious. It was just forgetful. But I can I can honestly say that for the rest of my career, I always double-checked my bag to make sure I had everything in there. But that's a nightmare there we for, go. for hockey players to, to think you forgot something. And, but, uh, that was a funny, funny thing that happened. Okay, so uh, Jeff, down here in the Southwest, when, when I moved down here, uh, she's 30 years ago now from northern Minnesota, and I was just, you know, 60 miles from Grand Forks, so um, I saw the rivalries, I saw the growth of hockey and everything else, but uh, as you're trying to grow the game down here, and ASU is getting a new building now, and, and uh, who knows, they may end up in the NCHC, they may end up in the Big Ten, we don't know for sure yet, but Give everybody down here a feel, if you can, uh, about playing at North Dakota because it's completely different than anything you see almost anywhere else in college hockey. Um, I can remember the days, uh, you know, of the uh, the frozen golfers being thrown on the ice and, and all that stuff when you played Minnesota. But just give people a little feel, if you can, about the old Ralph Engelstead Arena and then transitioning to the new one. Yeah, I think – it was crazy. You're right. I played in that era where they were throwing the frozen golfers when we played against the uh, the golden golfers. They were throwing them on the ice. So it's it's in the middle of nowhere, flat. I mean, I came from a, a place as Catchwood's the same, but this is uh, flat and barren and freezing, and it's really the only Division One sport. So uh, you know, hockey is is number one there, and um, it's just it's another world. Just with the how popular hockey is and how popular the the team is and um but i mean with with how it is down here in the, in the southwest and asu i mean i, I think it's going to be this school and, and especially in this part of the country they're going to have a real advantage uh, recruiting kids especially from western canada when they come down here and see the see the uh what it's like down here to live and also uh that new building looks fantastic i know uh i know coach powers and uh and hicks and and field and these guys they, they've done a great job with that program and i think uh they're definitely on the up and up and it, they're gonna soon they're gonna be pulling some some kids away from north dakota and away from minnesota and these big schools just with uh not only are they good coaches but with a new new arena and obviously uh the quality of life down here and being able to live uh live in arizona i mean you can't beat it it's my it's my probably my favorite place i've ever lived and um obviously we're still here bought a house here so um, I'm a little bit biased, but uh, I can't see I can't see kids coming down here on a on a visit and, and saying no. It's just uh, it, it'd be tough to do. But um, yeah, it was definitely a different uh, different animal, whole different animal there in in uh, Anglestad Arena in North Dakota, where there's uh, it, it was loud. You couldn't even hear yourself think, and you got uh, dead animals flying on the ice that are frozen <laughs> and going crazy, and beer flying on you. And it was funny. I I, I played. Uh, 
with the Canadian national team the uh, the year after I graduated and came back in to play against uh, North Dakota in a um, in an exhibition game. And I remember they, they loved me when I played and then I skated out to play against them. I, was like, <laughs> I remember I was that. Like, wow. Yeah, I was like, wow, okay. And then uh, we thought we, we had a bunch of ex-NHLers, probably four or five ex-NHLers playing against North Dakota that year. And I thought uh, we were going to smoke them. And then we lost like six to one. So I was like, wow. But uh, that was great. It was... Uh, it's a, it's a fun place to be and a, and a great place to, to play your college career. Um, but uh, obviously, uh, being down here now, like I said, this is going to be a special place, I think, in the years to come down here in Arizona. So, Jeff, with uh, I personally, my favorite part of the game of hockey is probably the offseason, the sense of scouting, looking at players, making those decisions. You know, these are the guys that we're going after, the draft, trades, things like that. Um, what's it go into when it comes to picking a kid from a school like North Dakota? Uh, what, what's the process like? How many people are in the room? What decisions are being made? Uh, what's, what's the conversation? What's that like? Well, I, I think the final say obviously comes down to the GM, the scouting director, uh, assistant GM and, 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 and that, but they come up with a list. Um, you scout all of the players that, uh, that are eligible and then you whittle down, uh, that couple hundred or whatever it is to your, your top list. And it may be, you know, between 80 and 150 or whatever it might be. And, um, you know, when your picks picks are generally, and you always expect that, uh, that your GM may make a trade, uh, during the draft on the draft floor and move up some spots. If you have a guy on your list that hasn't gone, uh, gone yet and you have him 17th and you're at the 30th pick and you, you pick 34th, but you think he might be gone or whatever it is. And so you can, uh, trade up and down and it's an exciting, uh, thing. I, I would love to be a part of that, obviously. And that's, uh, like you said, that's, that's one of the best parts of, uh, of the hockey is the, team building and, and, you know, not knowing what the, what this kid is going to be like two years down the road, but taking a gamble and being able to see the player and, and kind of envision him where he would fit in your lineup. That's, a, that's an exciting thing. So, um, but there are a lot of pro or sorry, amateur scouts that, that watch these, uh, young guys. There's amateur scouts in, in each region that, that watch, uh, watch the players that, uh, that play in that uh, particular scouts region. And then they, they form a list and, uh, whittle that list down and then go into the draft floor and, and like I said make some make some moves and try and get some of the names on your list and, and see if you can turn them into players with player development skill development uh, over those next few years so I have one more question to piggyback off of that specifically yep. since um, you said you played in the KHL um, when it comes to the drafting prospects and, and looking at the kids uh, I'm always a little weary uh, about players being drafted out of the KHL just because I've seen players, you know, the history where they, they come and then they leave for the KHL and then they, they want to come back and they choose a different team. Is there a – so so what I'm getting to, my, my worry is there's a team that drafts a player, he plays, and then he leaves uh, for nothing and, and you lose, you lose uh, potential uh, trades, you lose some picks from that or another player – What's the mentality like in the KHL? Is it looked at? Do, do they look at? Well, I can I can come back and play in the KHL because in my country this is the coup de gras, or do they still look at the NHL as best of the best? What What's that feeling like over there in Russia? 
Yep. Um, you, you hit on it there with the, they always know that they can come back and play for almost the same money, if not sometimes in some cases more. Okay. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's top teams, uh, the teams in Moscow are top teams in St. Petersburg and, um, there are a lot of uh, teams that will pay a lot of money. It went down a little bit uh, lately, but just because other leagues aren't paying as much, so they know they can get uh, players for a little bit less. But um, the, the NHL has grown, and they they actually – you can find NHL online now and obviously in, and uh, and on the TV. So when I played there, um, we there was guys that would wear the NHL hats and kind of want to talk about the NHL, but – uh, there is that in the back of the mind, where in the back of the mind of the of the scouts and the GMs, that there is a chance that, that the player will will either stay in Russia, um, sign a contract that that means that he can't get out of uh, his contract till he's 23 or so. Where whereas uh, now you see a lot of kids that are drafted go right into the NHL after a year or even even right after the draft. But usually with the Russian, that's not the case because they have a contract with their with their club team for for another year or two. So. That's the risk in, in drafting uh, Russians that, uh, you know, you hope that you can get them sooner and, and they're fully developed or they or they come over and, and develop under your, uh, your development team. So, um, but it's, uh, it is a great league too. I mean, I, I played in it twice. I played in it the first uh, season. There was actually a KHL. I was in Minsk and then I was getting, uh, I played in it about four or five years later in, uh, in Siberia in um, Novokuznetsk. So uh, I got to see it twice. Uh, and I guess twice was enough for me. So it was, it was fun last <laughs> you, but uh, go ahead. Do you know how to speak Russian? Did I what? Sorry, I didn't hear that. Uh, so so do you know how to speak speak the language? Can you speak Russian? Um, I could uh, I could order food and, and uh, tell a taxi driver <laughs> we're going left, straight, right, and uh, say thank you, please. And, and I probably picked up about 50, all the important things. Words, but uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, they, we had an English translator, so it was uh, okay. That that was the easy part. And the coach, our assistant coach, had had played uh, in North America. So, but uh, other leagues oh, I, did, okay. I picked up. I, I could speak German and. Uh, with German, I could understand some Swedish and um, and stuff like that, so that helped. Cool. Okay, I'll I'll let you go on my last uh, question for you, Jeff. But I, I'm looking right. at your Twitter feed again because because I've been mulling over this all day long, and and I see 23 hours ago you made a couple of things that I think our listeners would really enjoy hearing about. But one of them was your uh, your your quote that said "taken" means a defender is on you. Explain explain that to us and that particular play that resulted in a goal. Um, yeah, let me get to it here. I had it on my computer uh, in case, but I meant there that uh, sometimes when sometimes when you think that you're taken, I mean, a defender, even though a defender's on you, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't you can't do something to, to get away from him or or create space for yourself. But in that particular play, if you see that that goal, it was a uh, mishmash was with a Duluth uh, defenseman. In in thinking that he's taken the the Minnesota Duluth player has a stick on him and, and he's, he's literally on him, but Mishmash uh, creates a little bit of space and takes his hand off his stick in order to, to uh, readjust. So at that point, you know, the defender has to either take a hooking penalty or uh, possibly a cross check, but it's just a, it's just a good little play that, that some people may not have noticed. I just saw he took his hand off and, 
and uh, just made a nice tip. And, and I just made a, made a point of just saying, you can just keep moving there in front of the goalie, whether it's getting closer to the net or moving a little bit, it, it, it makes the goalie also has to shift. And then, and then he just put a good tip on that puck to, to get it in. So. Okay. And then the one just before that, uh, it says, take the scoring chance when it arises. Yeah, it's just a good uh, good power play. Uh, I don't mind these plays where if you get a lane to the net and you shoot it. I mean, it, it's always been a been a thing where where some people would like to on a power play, you know, get it in and set it up. But I always think if there's a if, if you're on downhill towards the net, and you get a good chance to shoot, take the shot, and you have more guys than they do, so you can probably corral the rebound. Um, and in that case. Uh, Another thing, he shoots with the defenseman's stick in the lane, so then the goalie's got to look through another stick, and he may not have been able to find the puck, and it goes in. So most times those won't go in, but there's a good chance you're probably going to corral the rebound anyway. So I think once on that particular play, it was a left-handed player going down the right wall. So he's probably going to, if he doesn't shoot there, he's probably just going to curl up towards the wall. And in that case, there'd be two defenders that could, could close in on him. And then it's, you know, less than 50, 50, you probably get the puck back. So I don't mind the shot there. That's what I was saying. A score like, score like, uh, like that five, play like it's a five on five, even though it's five on four, that five on five mentality where you got to work outwork the other team. Sometimes you get on the five on four on a power play and you just kind of relax and, and think, let's set it up. But, uh, if you play with urgency, even when you're on the power play, uh, good things like that. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to hear, and that's exactly what I wanted to have you on to let our listeners hear it. Uh, I certainly appreciate you taking some time out, especially on Robin's birthday. Uh, certainly give her a happy birthday wish from us. And uh, the, the final thing, and Zach, I'll tell you this because Jeff knows this well, but in North Dakota there's a little phrase. All it says is speed kills. Am I right, Jeff? That's right, yeah. It hangs in the dressing room. I think it hangs in there still, so that's true. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Jeff Palmer, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you're not going to be a free agent for long. I know that because you're just too good at what you do. And don't be a stranger, my friend. You're welcome anytime that you want to talk hockey with us, okay? Thanks, guys. My pleasure. Have a great night. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. All right, folks, that's Jeff Palmer, uh, the uh, former NHLer, the, uh, the development coach, the skills coach, you name it, he knows it. Uh, Zach and I are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with a little bit more of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly in about three minutes. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, 
then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, your Monday night staple on the quad pod of hockey, our 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, primetime live podcast. Scott Strandy with you in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Zach Bondurant, the uh, photographer extraordinaire as well, joining me uh, in beautiful Chandler, Arizona. Okay, I, I just want to ha- – I-, I gave a few little tidbits to you, Zach, before before we had Jeff on. Uh, was he not everything I told you? Oh, for sure. I mean, that's a guy. I thought I could look at players and look at games and be like, oh, you know, that was a phenomenal play. This kid's going to be a good player. He brings up stuff. I was like, yep, no. Scouts have the toughest job in hockey because that's just – it's so challenging to see those little things that – uh, Jeff was looking at like the first play he broke down with Pinto where he said he drew his defenders off and um, gave the other North Dakota player free line and he scored within eight seconds of overtime. He said that's that's he he has pro tools that he's going to be able to use in the pros. So it's it's phenomenal the things that he can see and especially like the question I asked him, what's the difference and is it challenging to be able to look at this and say okay this. Th- you know, this kid's going to be a player through the through the computer or television screen rather than being in person. So the fact that he's able to do that um, through through the computer is just insane. Um, yeah, I, he's had one heck of an illustrious career, uh, NHL, AHL, going over like you said to KHL, KHL. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean it's it's insane. So. Yeah, absolutely a phenomenal hockey mind. Uh, I'm with you. I I don't think he's going to be a free agent very long. He seems to be super knowledgeable, and he he definitely has a passion for the sport. And he seems to um, he's played at every level that you can imagine. So he you kind of know that he's got an idea of of some of the cultures that go into into the game in those areas and. And maybe some some driving forces within the prospects. So, um, yeah, it's I, I can't wait to see where he lands because he's he's definitely a great hockey mind. Well, let me tell you this: I didn't get to get to this on the on the show because I didn't want to keep him any longer. It's his wife's birthday today, so I, I thought maybe I'd let him go. Uh, but uh, good call, good me, call. Yeah, he, <laughs> keep, he told keep the me. wife happy. She'll <laughs> let him come back. <laughs> he. Uh, he told me before we were talking about he was an original fighting Sioux, right? Before they had to change the uh, the logo and the name at the University yeah. of North Dakota, and and he told me that 
everywhere that he went in the world, he, he would have contact with somebody uh, that had a fighting Sioux uh, jersey, hat, sweatshirt, something. Uh, he said that they were all over and they were alums and sometimes they were just people that fell in love with the team and the logo. And, and I can tell you firsthand, uh, when I was a kid in high school, before I chose to go to Minnesota Duluth, I went to North Dakota many times and uh, I had a friend, a high school friend that went there. So even after I was at UMD, I would go back to North Dakota for a couple of years uh, and watch hockey games there. And the lines that you would have to get to stand outside just to get in to that game and freezing cold, I mean sub-zero cold with wind, uh, just to get into the old Ralph Engelstead Arena, which sat about 8,000, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the, the, the fans are right on top of you. And uh, like I said, seriously, that when they played the Gophers, uh, they would sneak in. There was certain ushers that would kind of look the other way as you went in with your bucket of frozen Gophers. And, <laughs> and they would literally throw them on the ice every time uh, North Dakota scored. And uh, it, it was crazy. It was just uh, absolutely insane. Uh, when they played Wisconsin, we were wondering if Badgers were going to come flying out onto the ice. And, <laughs> and the guys would have to go out there with, with shovels and scoop them up and take them off. So when you talk about hockey rivalries and, and really uh, the college hockey game, uh, the band was electric. Everything was electric around there. And if ASU can come anywhere near that with their new building, oh, my goodness, the fans here in the Southwest would absolutely just go crazy because it's the best entertainment um, in the hockey world in my book. And and probably right behind that is the AHL and then and then up to the NHL. But And nothing against the NHL. It's, it's just that it's, you know, uh, 18,000 people instead of 8,000, for example. And they're not right on top of you, and they're not as rabid as uh, college hockey fans. But, yeah, that uh, you know, he's he's just a class act all the way around. Um, I was so hoping that he'd stay with the Coyotes organization for a long time because to have him right in the backyard, he did buy his house here, so I think he'll make home here. I think he loves it here. And uh, and, and to have a hockey mind like that so close to us, it's, it's just incredible. Yeah, no, and I mean – he he said it um, when ASU gets their their building situated, they're going to be able to kind of rob some rob some blue chip organization or um, I'm sorry blue chip colleges uh, and get some get some players out here. Not that they don't have them now, but having the talent that uh, that North Dakota um, that they draw places like North Dakota, Michigan. They have such a deep-rooted history, and if you want to win, you want you want to go to those locations. You want to go to those uh, those schools. So if they can get that building going, he said it. You're going to be able to get some players out here from from Michigan and bring them from Canada. And uh, yeah, I, if you get those players out here, you get those you get. Uh, students who want to come out here because this this school is is making bids for national championships. Those fans are going to bring that rowdiness, and I mean, I don't know if they're going to be allowed to throw frozen gophers on the on the rink anymore. I mean, maybe uh, maybe they get some frozen uh, some frozen I don't know U of A wildcat plushies when U of A jumps up to D one sometime. But um, yeah, it's. 
It's don't, definitely an environment. Don't that be egging on about. our co-host Paul Hornstein because you know he'd be all over that one. Oh, you got <laughs> to. You got to get Paul. It's, it's three days before Christmas. You just gotta. You gotta get the few jabs in there before the year comes yeah. to an end. Okay, so to wrap things up, we'll we'll kind of just let everybody know NHL hockey training camp start on January third. Unless you were not in the playoffs, then you're able to start as early as uh, New Year's Eve and uh, start preparing. There will be no exhibition games, so once they uh, start playing games for real on the 13th of January, they will be for real. There will be no uh, no exhibition games, so it's going to be different. Uh, I know you're excited because San Jose is here, and we know the Passionate Brothers will at least start here. We don't know if uh, Brinson or Steen or both will, will make the big club, but they will start here, and that will be fun. Yeah, no, I uh... – I I hope that they make the uh, opening night roster. Um, that would be that would be phenomenal, and especially considering your opening night would be in the same state where you played college hockey, makes it even better of a story. Um, but yeah, I, I have no doubt that they're going to make their way up into that program or that I keep calling it program <laughs> that organization. Um, <laughs> With Brinson, just the the offensive puck moving ability, and then Steen, just the the complete willingness to do anything for his team and and stand in front of stand in front of the net and get shot at or block shots and 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 get down in the corners and play those real greasy types of hockey. Um, those two are going to be great assets to the San Jose uh, organization. Yeah, January thirteenth, opening night. Um, another key date trade deadline, April 12th and the regular season will be May 8th. And then the last possible day of the Stanley cup final, July 15th. Um, and then one of the days I am super excited for would be <laughs> July 21st would be the expansion draft. And then two oh, days yeah. later starts the NHL draft. So it's, uh, it's going to come like a freight train fast and hard, but we are, we're ready and you can catch anything you need for hockey on this on this podcast and then the other three of the quad pod that we have yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun there's gonna be just so much action going on like i said we just keep crossing our fingers that the the pandemic uh maybe starts to slow down a little bit and they're able to keep things under control i think there's a lot of excitement right now about uh vaccines and maybe the guys can get vaccines and and who knows, by, by Stanley Cup final, maybe everybody's got the vaccine, at least had the opportunity for it. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the AHL kind of fill in. And we haven't really talked a lot about that, but they were the ones that set that February 5th start date a long time ago, that that's when they were going to start. And we talked about uh, the fact that there'll be kind of a bus league now with uh, the teams out here in the Southwest and in uh, San Diego and Tucson and Vegas and Bakersfield and, you know, uh, Ontario. So I think that's going to be a whole bunch of fun too. Yeah. Um, I mean, somebody over there must have like a crystal ball because they looked that far into the future and said, okay, February 5th is what we're shooting for. And it honestly, like that's looking like a really, that's looking like a really good plan as far as long. I think they said that in November, maybe, maybe even October. Um, but that's uh, I'm really excited. Um, yeah, the AHL. There's some. There's so much good talent. That's that's the feeding system into the NHL. That's where these players go to develop, and it's something phenomenal to see a player play in the in the minor leagues 
and then move up into the the pros into the big show um so yeah i'm excited to be able to catch some of those games down in tucson in henderson obviously um and yeah see if we can see if we can hit up some of those others that are in the uh the west coast you said bakersfield san diego um when the uh when those two teams in our territories play each other oh and the colorado eagles too that's another one that that we'll be covering when the ahl starts as well yeah, that's a fact, and uh, there'll be hockey all over the place. Uh, just a quick shout-out to the guys up in Vegas again because I saw pictures of the new 6,000-seat arena, and I said if uh, if Arizona State can build their arena as quickly as Vegas is building that one in Henderson uh, to be the game home of the uh, Silver Knights, man, oh, man, that is coming up quick. And uh, that's exciting for hockey because uh, the more rinks we get, the more games we get, the more players we get involved, the more we're able to grow the game, and that's our ultimate goal. So unless you have something else to say, my friend, we will say goodnight, and I'll let you do your read, and we'll uh, end the night with a little De Niro from Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Absolutely. So the only thing I have left to say is Corona, go away. Let's play some hockey. That's it. But other than that, we have Professional Hockey Southwest <laughs> Weekly is brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Voted the best Ford dealers in Arizona. Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, is the presenting partner of the Sunday special. Ask to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey SW sent you to see the top selling line of Ford trucks and more. The D, Las Vegas Resort and Casino. From the Fremont Street experience to the iconic American Coney Island restaurant, we are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at the D.com. Verizon, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band, is for the business that Americans been waiting for. Buy summer skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. Behind the mask. BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide all your hockey needs for on the ice or inline. See our website or three Valley locations for more. Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time for the greatest barbecue in Las Vegas. Call us at 1-702-541-5546 or go to JesseRay'sBarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. Monday's not only for the Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly Podcast, it's also gym day. So when you go to the gym, make sure you get your M drive or go to mdriveformen.com. Use the promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. M drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. The D Las Vegas Resort Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all your Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is presented by Circa Resort and Casino. It is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well said, my friend. And we'll thank uh, our guest tonight, uh, Jeff Almer, the uh, the best free agent on the market, folks. If you're looking for a skills coach, a scout, uh, anything to do with the uh, development of hockey players, the uh, pride of Wilcox, easy for me to say, Wilcox, Saskatchewan is uh, is waiting for you. So uh, uh, I don't want to see him leave the valley, but uh, I understand you got to do what you got to do as far as uh, uh, employment in the uh, professional world of hockey. So again, thanks to Jeff Almer, thanks to Robin Almer for giving uh, giving up a little bit of her uh, birthday tonight to to let her husband speak with us. So. 
Uh, other than that, uh, stay tuned. Tomorrow night, College Hockey Southwest Weekly and uh, Wednesday night, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. We'll be here for you on the Quad Pod of Hockey. Good night, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.